You're listening to Swipe East, Swipe West, where we dive into the dating differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley Davis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Swipe East, Swipe West, the dating and culture podcast focusing on differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley, and you can find us on Instagram at Swipe East, Swipe West, and you can follow me on TikTok at Ashley Angora with two N's. I am so excited to have you all back this week. This is our second episode of the season and the first one with an interview. And I have Alinka Sipos with us this week, who I actually found on TikTok. So I've been following her for quite a while now. She popped up on my For You page because she has a book club where she reads all these books about dating and relationships ranging from attached to the art of seduction, to why men love bitches. So lots of different things to choose from there just on how to approach dating and relationships. And on top of it, she has lived in cities all over the U.S., so definitely has a lot of great perspective to share on differences in dating in the various different cities, as well as differences between more transient cities versus cities where there may be a little bit of a slower pace of life. So super excited to get into that with her today. I know I learned a lot, so I hope you guys will take away a lot from that too. Um, But before we dive into that, for anyone who's new here, I do provide little life updates (laughs) for each episode. So since our last episode, My friends have all been bugging me to try to get back into the dating scene just because last year was a bit of a rough one for me. So new year, new Ashley with dating. So I've been trying to get back out there. And I actually just had recently my first date in two and a half years, which is insane to say out loud. And when I say date, I have four things that I categorize with a date. And that is when the man asks me on a date, they plan the date, they show up for the date, and they pay for the date. <laughs> um, and there's been many times where I've gone out with a guy and I have either not been aware that I've been on the date, they've bailed on me and haven't shown up. Um, so I've been asked and they just flaked or ghosted me. I've had to pay, (laughs) you know, a couple of times there. And yeah, or, you know, we've been like hanging out. And like I said, I just didn't really realize it was a date or I've had to plan the entire date. Like they've asked me and I've had to plan it. So definitely, you know, was excited and kind of weird to have someone actually take initiative and ask me to do something, plan it themselves, pay, And they showed up, which I haven't had happen in two and a half years. So that's a good start for me, I guess, in 2023. And even if it doesn't work out and I don't see this guy again or we just become friends or whatever it is, I think it's, you know, opening the door that there are some nice, normal humans out there um, after how I was treated last year by literally everyone. So We'll see what the rest of the year has in store for me, I suppose. Um, I don't really think I have too many other updates um, outside of that other than, yeah, I'm just getting back out there and trying to meet more people in the scene and seeing where things take me. Um, One other thing before we dive into this week's episode that I will say that you might hear throughout the season is we still focus on 
dating and living in different cities, which is the you know entire premise of the show, of course. Um, but I think you might hear that we do dive into topics, I will say, a little bit more than last season. So again, like I was saying with Alinka, we do talk about like things that she learned from her book club on top of just her experiences in the cities um, throughout other episodes throughout the season. You know, we talk about, I think I mentioned this in episode one, like the non-monogamy community, um, dating in the music industry. Um, or with people that work in the music industry, um, and just some other topics as well. I think that's just a result of one, just my own interests and how I've approached dating and my thoughts on dating have changed. And also just coming out of some of the pain that I had last year. So just an FYI, in case you notice that it looks a little bit different this year. But with that, I will dive into this episode. Um, if you want to follow Alinka and check out any of her book club and get more information, you can find her on TikTok at Inky Talks. And with that, let's get into it. Today, I'm with Alinka Sipos, who is Inky Talks on TikTok. So I'm really excited to talk about dating and book club and all of your experience today. So welcome uh, to the show. Thank you so much. I'm super excited to be here. Awesome. So I know that you've lived or traveled to like a bunch of different places, but where are you currently? I currently live in a suburb of Nashville, Tennessee. It's called Hendersonville. And I always say our claim to fame is this is also where Taylor Swift is from. Oh. Um, <laughs> so that is, um, that's where I'm currently living. And I'm at home home at my parents' house right now. Okay. So you grew up there as well. Yep. I grew up here. I moved to Hendersonville when I was eight years old. So I was born in Toronto and then lived in a town called Windsor. Um, both of those are in Ontario and Canada. Uh, and then because my dad's job, we came down to, I say Nashville, but Hendersonville when I was eight. Okay. That's funny. My family is actually from Mississauga up in uh, Toronto area too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Small world. <laughs> okay. So how long were you living in Henderson before you started like traveling to all these different cities? So I graduated from high school in 2014, and then I went to Georgia Tech in Atlanta for college, stayed there until 2018, and it was always my dream to go out to LA. It was just my favorite city. When I graduated in 2018, I ended up getting a job at a startup out there and moved. And then I lived in LA from June of 2018 to September of, of 2021. I stayed through the pandemic, you know, was working and living there and dating there. Um, and then essentially I got a job that was fully remote as I was moving back home and I was only coming home for a couple of months originally prior to having to what I thought was going to be like the return to office. I ended up getting a new job, stayed fully remote, was like, oh, it's actually really nice being at home. I can travel in and out. I can have more flexibility and just like my schedule in general. So I've been here at home. I lived in LA for three years, started traveling at the beginning of 2022. And my first longer trip was going to Dallas, Austin, back to LA, San Diego and Scottsdale while working and then also dating and kind of scoping out the, the scene in different cities. That's a lot. Like I, I love to travel, but I feel like as I've gotten older too, it's been kind of hard for me to like, just like, it's just so much I feel like, you know, and tiring too. And like meeting all those people. It was tiring. I love to travel. And I think it was just after being 
literally locked inside for a year. Um, It felt like the perfect, like opposite end of the spectrum um, reaction. I think prior to the pandemic, I would have probably been too exhausted to do this. And I never really envisioned myself leaving LA. And I do want to go back one day, but just kind of having the flexibility and the curiosity to see different cities and experience, you know, what other places are like has been really nice. It's also nice to come home and like, my life when traveling will go from like being out every night, meeting people to like literally just being at home. Um, And so it gives me enough of the balance to reset. And then I was home for a little bit, traveled again, just for fun, went to Europe. And then most recently I was in New York as well. Um, So it's just, it's been a a year of much more traveling than normal. (laughs) Yeah. I get that. Everyone's like Jones in to get back out there after like, just it's everything was virtual, like for the most part too, like online dating and it's probably nice to have that in-person interaction. Yes. And go on dates again without the stress of anything. I think even when life opened up for like a few months, at least being in LA, it was like, is it going to close again? Like, is this safe? You know, everyone still wanted to make sure that they were making the smart decisions and we didn't really know what was going on, but it's back back now, as we all know. And that definitely makes meeting people and going out and dating even to an extent more fun. So how was it like dating in all those different cities? Like, especially knowing that you kind of had an end date to leave? Like, were you dating like just casually? Did you tell people that? Like, how was that experience like as a whole as you were um, doing that? So I always would tell people it would always be on my profile. Like I'm only here for a couple weeks. I'm traveling. So I, you know, never wanted to go into date, obviously with false pretenses. So that was always disclosed early on, not even early on, I guess, before someone even matched with me. Um, And I was meeting people mostly through apps, but it almost created this lightness and just energy of like fun when I would go on the dates because it didn't, I think sometimes I found after living in LA for two and then three years, there's almost this like pressure because they're like, is he out there? Like, is the person <laughs> out there like, going to meet someone? Yeah. Um, and I think that comes off in, in dating versus you're just like, this is fun. And if this is a person who I'm really into, like, great, we'll keep in touch. We'll figure out a way to see each other again. You know, I have the flexibility to do that. And so I think it, it made it more exciting in a way because it was like, I don't really care if this turns into anything, but if it does like that, it, it's just a fun experience and it's cool. And it reminded me of when I actually first moved to LA and I had absolutely no intention of getting into anything serious. I was new. I wanted to make friends and establish myself. And I think those were the dates that I am most fond of because it was just going in with an attitude of like, I hope this is a fun person who I connect with and am able to have fun with versus like, are we a match? And kind of getting more into the serious side of dating that I think can be stressful when you put too much pressure on it. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense because to your point, like I think a lot of times... And this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but people date like very intentionally. And then that puts pressure not only on the date, but on the other person. And I think sometimes that scares the other person off off the bat because they're kind of like, okay, this person's looking for marriage. And like, do I want that? Or do I want that with this person? It can almost like backfire in a way. Totally. And it's kind of one of those things where you don't, you won't know, right? Like you won't know if this is a person's marriage material until you get to know them. But I also understand on the flip side, like going on a date and like putting pressure and being like, oh my God, I couldn't end up with this guy or I could totally end up with this guy. And then he's just not on the same page. And I think when you go in, it did remind me of like, no matter where I end up living full time, like keep this attitude of excitement around meeting new people, because that is ultimately what made the dates really fun. That being said, when I was traveling, because I wasn't really tied to going anywhere, I was like, I mean, if something were to happen and I was like, this person's really my person, I would have 
not stayed at that time, but visited again and been open-minded to making it work in a place that I maybe wasn't thinking of ever living prior. Um, yeah. You know, I like the city and I like the person enough, of course. Yeah, that makes sense. And then out of all of the places that you like visited, did any city like stand out to you or were like, were there any like major differences or similarities that you noticed between all the different places? Yeah. So I've been citing Dallas as actually the best dating city. Oh. And I wasn't expecting that. Um, I think that, I think that there's something about a city where people go and plan to stay in that makes the dating a little bit more intentional. Mm -hmm. So it was definitely slower paced and it took me a while to like get a few dates like set up. And I didn't feel like people were just willy nilly, like asking people on dates left and right, which in some cities that was more the vibe. But the dates themselves, they were more planned out. There was more chivalry involved. Guys always offered to come pick me up, which that never happens in LA, as you probably know, like (laughs) never. For sure. And there was just this, it just felt more planned and more intentional and more like grounded, I guess. It felt like, oh, I'm really getting to know this person. And um, they want to be with people and they want to build a life here. So that kind of surprised me. I didn't really expect that from Dallas because I had kind of heard mixed reviews. And again, I think it's, it does get exhausting after you date anywhere for a while and you're not meeting someone. So I I hear that on, on that side as well, but just the way that it was, yeah, intentional, more, I'm hesitant to use the word traditional because I don't mean that in like an antiquated sense, but it, it just felt like, oh, this is on paper, how you go about having a first date, if that makes sense. You know, you ask, you make the plan, you offer to pick them up, you open the door, things like that. So that was really refreshing. <laughs> I know. I'm just like laughing over here because like, and I, again, you should, I'm sure you know this too, like LA, like literally the other day, like I get a message like, so when we hang in, thanks for the invite, like story slide. And like, that's like my experience in LA. So this is just like totally foreign to me. (laughs) It was, I was like a little, I remember when the first guy was like, can I come pick you up? I was like, I don't know. Like, is that okay? Like, do I, do I do that? Um, and I like leaned in, you know, I was like, okay, tell my friends where I'm at, whatever. It'll be fine. And it, it was fine. And then every single guy after that, like ended up asking versus like even compared to Austin, which I would say was more similar to like LA dating, that didn't really happen there. And I have this theory about kind of like transient cities versus established cities. And I feel like those kind of two are a perfect case study because it's like, they're only three hours away, but like they have completely different vibes around dating. And I think that there's something about people in a city like Dallas don't really go in and out as much. It's still a major city, of course, but people kind of go there and they stay there. They could see themselves staying there. Versus like in Austin and LA, San Francisco and New York, people go and maybe they in their head are only like, I'll be here for two years and I'll figure out what's next. And I think that establishes a dating culture that's fun. It's easy to get a date. People are always wanting to meet new people, but it feels like the quality of dates kind of lacks and like people put less effort into each date because it is easier to go on so many and it's easy to meet new people. And there's always someone else who's new to the city or excited about going out or wants to meet more people. And it, it creates, I think, this environment where it's hard to be like, encouraged to settle down so to speak and see where it could go with one person there's always someone else or it feels that way at least that makes a lot of sense and austin specifically too it's like a huge bachelor bachelorette party like party city so i feel like if you're in that environment and it's just like so easy to like meet people and go out and like you said like people coming in now all the time i could see a lot of temptation there with other people and it being difficult to kind of say oh this person's like great i enjoy them and commit to that. Yeah, definitely. It encourages you. I learned this word um, from a book I read called maximizing, which is when you 
always think that there's something better. And I think it encourages that mentality. It's like, what if I'm missing someone who's 1% better than the person I have now? Um, and obviously that's detrimental to your own just well-being in general, because you're always curious, but also a relationship because I think it's harder to understand like, no, things are actually really good how they are. Like there is no such thing as perfect. And so maximizing kind of encourages chasing something that doesn't exist, which I feel, especially having dated in LA for so long, I, I feel that you feel it, I think as a single person in the dating culture, because there's just always this, I kind of call it like onto the next mentality. Like if one thing went wrong, you're like, okay, well, this one thing will be fine with the next person. And then there's another thing that goes wrong with the next person. And, and it kind of is this domino effect of like no one wanting to, to see where it goes with one person who is really great. I 100% agree. And I am interested on your thoughts on this because I feel like social media and dating app culture actually perpetuates this a bit. Because even though, and I know like a lot of, you know, so the guys will come sometimes and be like, oh, well, we're not getting matches. And I'm like, but you still can see all the people out there and even social media too. Like you're, it's just kind of almost like, like equating it to like a yearbook, I guess, you know, in my opinion, like, it's just, you see like all these people and, you know, you don't even know like who's using a filter, who's not like what's real, what's not, but you just see all. And even for, as a, as a woman, like I see all these like attractive men, but I guess for me, like, and I don't know if it's because I'm a woman or just my personality, like I'm more inclined to just like, be like, I'm good with the situation. Like I'm good, even if it's casual or serious, like I don't feel the need to go out, out of my way seeking things, but I feel like men are even a bit different sometimes, but I just feel like those, the two things, the social media, the dating apps have definitely perpetuated that because we didn't used to have access to that in the past. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. I mean, I could sit here at work at home on an app and like meet, meet quote unquote 50 people. <laughs> yeah. And that would never happen without an app. And I think that there's a lot of good that does come from apps and so the dating apps and social media, but I think we're still at a phase where it's so new that we're learning how to navigate like what that actually means for, 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 I guess, how to balance like the access to just the sheer amount of people and information we have versus like what will actually be a sustainable relationship with the app itself in the long term. Cause it's just, it's not normal to have access to, I mean, even if you have, I heard someone say this, like, even if you have 500 followers on social media, like you don't have 500 friends. So it, it, we yeah. just have, there's just so much more information that we're like getting on a day-to-day -day basis about what people like about us what people don't like about us that isn't normal per se I also to your point about I don't know if men feel this way I heard on a, a podcast like dating apps work really well for men specifically because it cuts out the fear of rejection like obviously if someone yeah. took left on you yeah they rejected you but you don't really know and you don't see when that happens and so there is this reliance on it because it cuts out the part of dating that's that's scary so even if maybe there's not as many matches yeah there still is that endless book of people who could be potential matches which is it's just interesting to think about and i think that we're collectively starting to get to a place where we're like i don't think people want to date on the apps as much anymore i think it'll always be a channel of, of a way that we meet people but people are starting to get savvier i think about what like what it means to be on a dating app um, and kind of how to balance swiping for hours uh, versus just getting out there and going somewhere where you can meet people. But to circle back to the main point, absolutely. I think it makes it harder to feel 
settled because I mean, I even had found myself like, I'll go on a first date. They're really great. And I'll be like, okay, well, I don't want to think about this person too much. So I'll just get back on the app and swipe for like a little bit, you know, to, to see if there's anyone else who I could be interested in. Cause I don't know where they stand. And that does kind of create, I think a, a toxic culture. If everyone's always like, well, I don't want to be too attached to this person. Like I want to, I want to, you know, keep my options open, keep meeting people. I also read in the book um, attached that there's a abnormally high percentage of people with um, avoided attachment styles on dating apps because those are the people who tend to be single for longer. So I think knowing that also adds a lot of context to what you experience with the people that you meet on the apps where it's like easy to go on a few dates, they're super fun, but it kind of just dwindles down after that. And that could just be someone who you know, maybe hasn't learned about their attachment style yet, isn't ready to to be in a relationship, but it still emotionally sucks for you to have to like experience and go through and, and we people out that way as well. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I feel like the apps too, they've changed so much even since they came out. I think Tinder was the first one in like 2012. And like at first, Mm -hmm. like I used to actually go on dates from Tinder and now it's like, that's just like the hookup app to me. So I don't even have it on my phone. And then things kind of blew up during COVID. But now, like we were saying before, that you can kind of, everything's open. People are, like my friends included, like we want to go out and like people in real mm-hmm. life and are kind of tired of the app. So it's just crazy how things evolve so quickly. Yeah, it is. Even I think I heard somewhere, read somewhere, I don't remember, but like the psychology of the swipe is like different from even the psychology of the tap on apps and like how our brains like don't, I don't, like we don't register it as like this is the way to meet people. It, it is it is really interesting, and I think that I hope that I guess like the apps will continue to get better. They do think objectively like they're getting better, but I just don't know that these like endless scrolls or endless amounts of matches like will be forever. Because I know that there's one app called um, the League where like you can only see three people a day, and it's like it kind of feels a little boring, right? Because you can't just like be busy for a while on this app. But it's like, that's actually nice. Like after you see yeah. three people, you're done. App is closed. You'll get three more tomorrow. And I think that kind of mitigates that problem of like, like how many people I still have to meet. I also know that our brains, like we put together stories about people because we want to kind of make sense of like who they are. So I think apps also perpetuate this idea of like, you're, you're piecing together who this person is. You don't actually know them. And there's this concept of like falling for someone's potential or like for the story that you made for them rather than who they actually are. And like when you see someone's job and like a picture of them and their friends and like their dog, you make a narrative about them that may or may not be true. All of this is to say, I think there are just blatant challenges that anyone will experience on apps and we all feel them. They're there. And the more I think you can learn about like, oh, why it feels this way is helpful too. Or at least I found that helpful. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And that's also why I think it's harder to and things with a situation ship after like two dates than someone you've dated for like two years too, to your point. Yes, because you're like, what if they show me this? What if that? 100%. Yeah, they were so nice in the beginning. Yes, yes. I'm, I have been a big offender of this where I'm like always holding on to like the one good thing. And I've just learned mm-hmm. like people show you your true colors. I think there's a quote or their true colors. Um, I think there's a quote that's like the reason or the red flags you let slide in the beginning or the reasons that you break up in the end or something like that. So I try to hold myself accountable more so now than ever to be like, all right, they're not going to change. It's not my responsibility to change them. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, that's smart. So I know you have a book club and I do want to talk about that. But before we transition, I know you lived in LA, I think 
aside from where you grew up the longest. So I'm, I really want to hear like your take on the LA dating scene and, and San Diego too, because that's also Southern California. <laughs> yes. So LA, when I first moved there in 2018, I was 22, I think. Too. Yeah. And like I had said earlier, just wanted to have fun, wanted to meet people, wanted to use kind of dating before I established myself. I would have gotten in a relationship, I think, if I met the right person, but it was more like, I want to meet people. I want to get out there. Um, I want to see what the city is all about. And that year of dating was really fun. There was always a new restaurant that, you know, me and the guys I was going on dates with would want to try. Or I felt like there was this air of, just excitement around the city. And I found that people in LA generally are like, Oh, come to this, come to that. Like they're very inclusive in plans. And so that was really great because it gave me a sense of like familiarity around the city. Everyone was super friendly. Like there wasn't, I didn't have a negative opinion. I wouldn't say of dating. And then as time went on, I got a little exhausted that kind of took a dating break, leaned into friends a little more, a bit more go out, but still meet people sometimes when you're out, but that's also fickle. It's sometimes you meet someone and you're like, Oh, they're really great. They never call back again. It, it's just a night out. No, no biggie. But then I was kind of like, okay, I'm getting a little older, not old by any means, but I was like, I'm a little more mature. I like want something that is a more serious relationship. And that's where I think I started kind of to see the gaps in the LA dating scene. There is a lot of people who I think want, um, maybe whose motives aren't actually the, the best. And want to meet like a girl who's the hottest or the coolest, but they'll always go to the next level, right? Like they're always pushing for something a little bit more and don't actually want to get to know people. I think that's like a big, a big thing. It's kind of like, what's the next party? What's the next bar? Like, what's the next fun thing that we're going to go to? And it, that got a little bit exhausting. Like we talked about earlier, the maximizing thing was big. It always felt like there was, there could be someone else. And I just felt like there was way more girls than guys. So like the guys kind of had more leverage because everywhere you turn in LA, like there's a beautiful, smart, funny, successful, like name all the amazing qualities woman, but it's hard. It, there's just more women than there are men, or at least have felt that way. And that I think created a dating environment where as a woman, you're like, okay, this guy's always going to be dating like four or five people because he can and he doesn't really have to settle down. And it does get a little bit exhausting. I would constantly have to go on like dating breaks when I was in LA because I was like, okay, like I'm not even having fun anymore. Obviously, you should always have fun when you're dating. That was just a, a big thing I noticed. One thing about LA too is because it is so spread apart. I think the neighborhoods you live in are like very important or like the neighborhoods you date in like a Venice guy is different from a Santa Monica guy is different from a Brentwood guy is different from a WeHo guy is different from a Studio City guy and you start to kind of become like accustomed to that too I'm not gonna say anyone is better or worse because there isn't really like everyone (laughs) has their pitfalls and strengths and preferences yeah but you do kind of start to get into like a where you're like okay like a WeHo guy maybe is flashy and will take me to really cool like date spots. But again, doesn't really want to get serious or like wants to be at a club every weekend, whatever, versus like, I don't know, a Santa Monica guy wants to go to the bungalow or whatever every Saturday. There's, <laughs> I, I think there's just a lot of distraction. Um, and that makes it for, for a really fun city to live in. But it is hard to be like, okay, I'm going to stay focused on growing a relationship with one person. I think you feel that in dating. And I think it's a tough balance too, because and correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're in the early stages of dating, it's hard to be like, focus on me, you know, like, we should try this because 
it's just, you don't have any foundation yet. So it's kind of hard to balance like the, I want to see where this goes, but also I recognize that we don't, we're not anything to each other yet. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. So I live in Long Beach, which is LA County, but people don't really consider it LA because it's like out of the city proper. Mm -hmm. But I have had like that exact experience. And like, I kind of feel like I get screwed also because like, like what you said with the neighborhoods, like people, because they don't really consider where I live LA, I get written off like immediately if I meet someone in Mm -hmm. LA because they think I'm too far, even though I'm like a 30 to 40 minute drive, which is the same distance (laughs) from anywhere in LA. So I met a guy from Venice a few weeks ago and I was like, oh, I live in Long Beach. And he was like, oh, that's far. And I was like written off like right off the bat. And I was like, dude, like, are you for real? Like, you don't even know anything about me. So like, that's another, like you're saying the neighborhoods, like you kind of have to like live where you want to date just because of like the driving and the traffic. And I mean, I guess if you really met someone you really liked, you could make it work. But most people just are lazy um, because they're commuting all the time. But yeah, I I agree because people also like they're busy and there's a lot of like side hustling. Like I work full time. I'm doing this podcast. I'm doing other things. So back in the spring, I was talking to this guy and You know, I wasn't like over the moon for him, but he was fine and he kept hitting me up. But we didn't hang out for like a month just because I was like, eh, like I'll hang out with him like when I have time. And I feel like guys probably do that to me, too, because to your point, we don't have a foundation yet. And it's not that he wasn't a priority. It was that like dating wasn't for me, which I Mm -hmm. think are different things that people don't always correlate in that way. So I have like other things that I'm doing, but then again, like finally you'll get to that point and then it fizzles out because like you said, there's like five other girls. So then I'm like, I just wasted so much of my time and you like pursued me for a month. Like that was such a stupid experience. So that's- Yeah, the neighborhood thing is so funny that you bring that up because I just had a flashback to, I met this guy when I had basically first moved to LA, like I think month, for in the first six months, I'll say. And I thought he was great. We'd have so much fun on dates. And we'd gone on a few dates and he was like, oh, come over after. And I literally was like, I cannot wake up where you live yep. because I physically, I have to get home, get ready for work and be at work by like, at the time I was working East Coast hours on the West Coast. So like six, seven is when I had to get to work sometime in between that window. And I was like, no, I'm not waking up at 5 a.m. for you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not going to happen. And it's like, that did I didn't say it and that wasn't my delivery, but like, it does kind of, you're like, is this ever going to work? Like, am I ever going to drive around? And it feels silly, but it's a very real thing that you deal with in LA, even planning dates. You could be in a long distance relationship in the same city, mm-hmm. which is funny because it's not something that you experience in a lot of places, but with the traffic just being so crazy. Yeah, it is a real thing. And it's people write people off, but it's like, why do we do that? And I say we, cause I've done it too. And now I'm like, I don't think that was the right decision necessarily, but it's also not the wrong decision because you have no idea yeah. if this person is going to be a match. Right. It's just a lot of investment off the, off the top just for something that yeah. for LA and I hate to say it will likely fizzle out in a couple of like months, you know? <laughs> so it's, yeah. Big situationship city. I would say that for sure. Like, Mm -hmm. I think people don't want to hear that, but it's true. And I just think setting the expectation and like making sure that you have the information that you need to keep yourself in, you know, the driver's seat, so to speak, is helpful too. Well, and then it's funny because you drive like two hours south to San Diego and it's like total opposite. Well, total different experience, I guess. Not totally opposite, but different type of environment there. 
Yeah. So San Diego, I only spent a few weeks there. Um, and I think it's such a charming place. Everyone is so friendly. That's like the one thing. I mean, I remember when I was there, like in a more established sense, I say I was only there for a couple weeks, but like weekend trips, you don't really, I think, pick up yeah. the vibe as much. Like it shocked me how friendly everyone was. I was like, everyone is so welcoming, friendly. It's a very easy city, I would say, to to just like be in. Um, people are really happy. But yeah, the dating, I don't think correlated to that. I think that it's very, the city is very low key, which in a lot of ways is nice. Like it's, it's nice to not have the pressure, obviously, of like always feeling you need to dress up or get ready to go out or whatever. But I think that bled into a really low key dating scene, which isn't really exciting when you're going on like first dates. It's fun to go on a first date that is like someone has put effort in. And I mean, to circle back to our first point, I think that was the thing that shocked me about Dallas. I was like, oh, people are like really trying to impress you on these first dates. And that's nice. It just felt very like casual, but not in a fun, not in an exciting way. I can see that. I think there's a lot of like frat bro types down there as well from my experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I forget how many it makes sense. Like there's like three, I think, universities, maybe even more like in the city. So I think a lot of people stay after graduation and it kind of bleeds into that vibe. But I definitely thought it was a place where I was like, oh, I'm, it would be nice to be like settled here. But I don't think I personally would enjoy meeting people because it's just settings. I think like they're, I'm like not a like a beer girl. I don't like sitting at a bar. It's not my thing. So I always have to be cognizant of that when I'm like meeting people, because if that's how someone wants to spend their Saturdays, amazing. If you're into that, like amazing, but it's not how I want to spend my weekend. So it's just something else to kind of be cognizant of. Cause I think if you're misaligned on how you want to, you know, spend your dates and your free time and whatnot, it can cause problems down the line. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's interesting because I interviewed someone on my last season who was living in San Diego and she was similar where she's like, I like to go to farmer's markets. I do yoga. And it was very hard for her to meet people in in that city. Um, Very heavy drinking city. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like it's called man Diego and like the men (laughs) were super attractive. Like I will say that. I mean, it was like everyone's hot Um, and like surfer vibes and stuff too. But the... Yeah, the things that I like to do, you know, I like to go to my Pilates class. Like you're not meeting men in Pilates classes. Yeah. <laughs> so it does cause you, I think, to leverage or it causes me at least like leverage up a little bit more. But it was unfortunate because I was like, oh, I really like it's so mellow. It's so chill. It's so nice to just be able to go to the beach. But yeah, the dating was a, a bit slower paced and like just not my like the things that I was doing. I think on the dates, I was like, oh, this isn't like my favorite activity in general. Got it. So I want to talk about your book club that you have on TikTok. So how did you get that started? And I guess like, like, what's the background? Like share like, what the book club is? (laughs) Yeah, so I had this like, situation ship and with some guy in LA. And I was just like, ugh, you know, since you made a little self care routine, as everyone does when we hop off of a not breakup, but like ending of something. And I was at a used bookstore in LA and I just saw this book and I was like, that's a funny title. And the book was called how to date men when you hate men. Um, so I put it on line. I think I put it on TikTok and my Instagram people were like, that's really funny. Like tell us how it is. And then I was like, Oh, I'll just like break it down on TikTok. So I made the first video about the book and it went 
viral. And I was like, okay, like I'll keep doing videos about this book. And we went through the whole book chapter by chapter on TikTok and I wrapped it up and I was like, oh, I love the book. I love reading in general. Like I've, I've always been an avid reader, especially of nonfiction books. And I loved filming those videos. Like I had so much fun doing it. So I'll, I'll do it again. I'll do it with the next book I pick up. And it kind of started from there. I picked up I forget what the second one we did was I think maybe attached and kind of the same thing. I just would talk about what I'm learning, talk about how that maybe sometimes related to my own life and I had so much fun with that. And I, I kept going from there. I think we've done like 15, 18, I could count. I have them all written down, but a <laughs> bunch of books now. Um, and I don't plan to stop anytime soon because I love the information. I love talking about the ideas that I'm learning. And I think it's, it's just helpful to, to have information from different types of people and like different sources and continuously learn from the books as well first that's a lot of books like I think that's more books than most people <laughs> read in a year so like props <laughs> off the bat Thank you. so what have been your key takeaways like because I, I know you also read like datanomics like had them at hello the art of seduction so like what have you learned and like how have you applied those things into like your dating approach I think the big theme across every single dating book of all time is live your own life. And I think one thing that recently clicked for me is there's independence in the way that we look at it, which is like, I pay my own rent, I have a job and like, I do my own thing. And then there's like emotional independence. And that's the trickier thing to master, which is like, it doesn't matter how anyone perceives me, like I will always love myself. And I think once you master that, like dating totally shifts because it's so easy to be like, why didn't they like me? And am I not enough? Am I questioning yourself? But once you achieve and I think it's a, it's a lifelong learning. But once you get to a point where you're like, it doesn't matter if they like me or not, I'm going to continue to be me and continue to lean into the things that I like. And eventually the right person will match my energy in that sense. It totally shifts dating. I think as a woman too, it's important to understand that like men date differently than we do if you're, if you date men. And I think sometimes when I would have conversations like with my friends, we would all give advice from the same perspective because that's the only thing that we know. But reading these books, like Steve Harvey's, act like a lady, think like a man, it opens your eyes like, oh, okay, this is, this is what the other side of the coin sees. And this is, this is like how men date. And that's important to know, because you're going on dates with men, even if sometimes the information like pisses me off, because it does, I'm like, how can they think this way? It is still a reality. So I, th I think just learning about other people's perspectives and dating. And then lastly, like being able to name things, I'd heard about attachment styles before I read the book attached, but I didn't know that much about them. And so being able to be like, oh, that's just a sign of someone who's an avoidant attachment style. Like, again, you can't fix it. It's not your responsibility to fix it. It means nothing about your worth. Let them go. Like, you're going to be better off that way has been really transformative. And then also there was one book called Dating a Narcissist, which was pretty much the textbook about like how a narcissist acts. Like, again, once you learn and you can educate yourself on these are the signs and hold yourself accountable to being like boundary, like you're not going to be in my life. It allows you to weed out situations that can be so draining and, and hard on you. Um, so I think just having read so many more books on the topic than I probably would have without this book club has been, it's been so valuable. But those are the, I guess that was four things, like the four biggest things would be learning about how to master independence, naming behaviors that you see. Um, and I'm blanking on the other two that I said, but <laughs> yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And I, I think I really love your point about as dating as a heterosexual, like thinking from the, the man's perspective, because I think that's where I, even myself, like I get lost because I just think about 
like what I'm doing and like how I'm approaching things. And then like sometimes or most of the time things don't work out. And I'm like, what did I do? I didn't do anything mm-hmm. wrong. And you don't think about even if from your perspective, like maybe you didn't seem clingy or you weren't, you know, whatever, like you don't think about how they're perceiving things or like how they're approaching it. And that like, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe you didn't do anything. It's probably not about you, you know? So Mm -hmm. it probably is them. But I think that's like an important thing that most people don't do. I think a lot of times we put a lot of blame and focus on ourselves and not thinking about the other person or gender or whatever it is. A hundred percent. I mean, even when I think of like guys that I met and I was like, I don't want to go on a second date with you. It really wasn't anything that was like tangible. It was just like, we weren't, we didn't match. Or if it was tangible, like it was a lifestyle thing that it was never going to work out anyway. And I think normally both people see that, but I don't think it's as, I don't think it's ever really that personal. I mean, it, it just, it literally can't be when you think about it in the early stages of dating, like someone can't go on one date with you and know who you are. Mm-hmm. So I think there's some peace in knowing that too. Like it, can't be about you because they don't know you and you don't know them and so even though it's like you felt like oh my god this could be something like you don't know (laughs) you you don't really know and I think just someone being like no I'm not into this as we mature like you get to a point where you're like okay that's enough of a reason for me not to be into them anymore either obviously like I'm not here to convince anyone to want to be with me I don't care to do that I think we'll be on the same page when it's the right person. Right. And again, like to your point, if it is that early on and like you thought something was vibing and it wasn't like they have an idea of you, Mm -hmm. they don't know you. So, and that's their own thing or like your own thing too. Like I make up ideas of people all the time. Exactly. Actually the book that I'm reading now have met hello. It's about this research study that this um, dating coach conducted where she did a thousand exit interviews on men or dating exit interviews on men. And ask them like, why did the first date go well or didn't go well? And it's interesting. Again, some of the stuff I'm like, "Mm, I'm upset at that. Like, that's not right. But it's what they said. It's their truth, whatever. It's like things that you wouldn't, you say mindlessly on a first date that make for a faulty first impression. And that has really got me thinking recently too. Like, how many times have you met someone and then you meet them again and you're like, whoa, I was so wrong about you. Like that was just not, this isn't how I expected you to be. Or they don't match the, again, persona that they, you had created for them based off of like their online profiles. And so I think it's interesting to be more cognizant of that too. Cause now I'm kind of like, oh, what do I do on a first date that makes me seem different than I actually am? And I think it's about balancing, like, obviously you still are new. They're never going to get to know the real you on a first date. That's not even the goal of a first date. But are you ever doing anything that's like, that's actually not a reflection of how I am. Um, And so maybe that's why some of these first dates can kind of be misaligned. And I know like looking back, I'm like, oh, I've definitely done stuff where I'm like, that isn't, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, I'm like, that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not, you know, my values. And I think it's interesting to think about in that sense. With the book club too, I started with these more like fun books. We did like Why Men Love Bitches, Merry Bitches, et cetera, which went super viral on TikTok like generally. Um, Obviously I had the How to Date Men book, but I'm trying to mix in some more research-backed books as well. Attached was one of them. How to Not Die Alone, where I learned about maximizing was one of them. And then Datanomics, which you mentioned, was one of them as well, which explains like within the college-educated dating pool, there's more men or there's more, excuse me, women than there are men making it an environment where like men can kind of behave 
poorly um, around dating because they have they have their pick, which I think all of that validates kind of the experiences that you see and having the research and the official words like in psychology to back it, I think is has been helpful too, where it's like, okay, this isn't just a me thing. Other people are experiencing this too. And this is like a cultural shift that's happened around dating. I'm curious to know some of the things that were said in that exit interview. Oh my gosh, I have, do I have the book in front of me? Um, she splits it up into like 10 date breakers, five date makers. And then I think there's five post date breakers. So like anything that will happen after a date and a lot of it, it's interesting. So as I'm reading it, I'm like, don't tell me what to do. Like I will just come to the first date and I will do what I want. But I try to put the flip on it. Like, okay, if a man did this, how would I feel to attempt to, you know, kind of like level the playing field and wrap my head around it. And a lot of it is actually really similar to what you were saying, where it's like someone on a first date just doesn't have enough information about you to decide if they want to invest in the good and the bad, right? Like even in the scene of LA, like, of course, anyone would drive an hour even for the right person. Like no one cares, but until you have the context of like, I'm willing to do this for this person, it's hard to see past whatever you mark as the bad. Um, and so like date breaker number one, and this one immediately, I was like pissed when I read, it's called The Boss Lady. And this is someone who is very, maybe type A, ambitious, knows what she wants, which I was like, me, I'm sure you relate that as well. Yeah. <laughs> and it can come off as being like overly independent. And that is something that I recently have been really focusing on myself is just kind of like relinquishing that control. Like a man knows, you know, I can take my own trash out. Right. But it's like, why not let them, why not let someone help you because it makes them feel good. And so the point of like date breaker one was like, allow someone to show you that they like you, like let them in and like, let them do their thing because they're trying to prove to you that they like you. If you're constantly shutting down their attempts to like put effort into the date, because you're like, I can do this. It's like, they're like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, I guess you don't want me. And I'm like, okay, I, I see that. Like, I, I understand what, what they're saying in that regard. It has nothing to do with not being ambitious type A. Those are all qualities that a woman can have and still make her a great partner, of course. But it's about just allowing someone to like do their thing on a date, which is like to, to show you that they like you and Put effort in for me I was like okay I need to be better about allowing in general um I think that helped and sign into my life and then there's also like on the flip side there's one that is called um the blahs which is just like those dates that you walk away from and you're like that was fine and you're almost like better off leaving a date like feeling strongly even if it's negative right because then at least you're like book closed like I'm out of here or oh I'm into this person like I want to continue to go I think where you leave and you're like very lukewarm, it's hard to justify why you don't want to go on a second date with them. But there's also really no need to go on a second date with someone you really don't care to see again. And that was one of the one of the date breakers that was outlined too. Um, and really, the way around that is like you don't want to be almost like the flip side of the the boss lady. Like you also don't just want to be way easy going like you don't care about anything because you do care about stuff and there's a way to kind of balance that like sassiness that I'm sure everyone you know has with being open to the other person's energy and opinions as well it's kind of 
I think the ideal first dates are where you balance a little bit more of that energy where it's like, okay, this is like, everyone wants someone with their own opinion. You don't want a yes man in general, right? You want someone who like pushes back on you, but not tells you how to do everything. And to put it into context, like I feel the same way about a guy. I would be so upset (laughs) if a man was like demanding everything on a first date was done in, in a specific way. I'd be like, whoa, like that's really strange. I also would be like very bored if there was no opinion ever stated or everything was just very neutral, but like in a way that made it difficult to understand like what your values are and and whatnot. And I know that was kind of a rambling on that book, but those I think are the two date breakers that have stuck out with me. No, I I don't, I don't think that was rambling at all. That was super interesting to me (laughs) because I've seen this too. It's like, like the way I'm interpreting it, it's like, okay, if a guy pulls out your chair for you, like, thanks, like, let him, let him hold the door open. Um, And I think sometimes, yes, yeah. And I think sometimes as independent women, like I've been single for such a long time, you just kind of get into this like habit of like, I'm not used to that. Or especially like in this day and age, like I get harassed a lot by men. So I think sometimes it's even just like a defense mechanism, to be honest. And then to the second point, also like, what we were talking about before dating in LA, sometimes like I have to take control because they will not plan the date. And then I'm just like, I don't know what you want me to do here. Like this is just all over the place. So I definitely see those points. (laughs) Yes. And that's so interesting you say that because I agree. I have gotten like, I get irritated quite quickly, I think (laughs) with not in life in general, but with men, honestly, because I'm just like, I'm not your mother. Like do it, you know? And I think what I also was learning from the book is she's like, you obviously have to, you, if this is your persona, the boss lady, which definitely is like, you have to be with someone who does have those nurturing elements because that's kind of going to be like the balance between someone who maybe is a little bit more, um, like things need to be done this way. Obviously there has to be balance and in that, in a relationship. And it's like, yeah, I will from now on just dismiss a guy who like can't like I don't I call the shots. I'm very decisive. I'm happy to make decisions. I'm happy to do what I need to do to get my goals done. But I don't want that in a relationship. Like I I have no desire to come home and be like, we need to do this. 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 That's not how I want to live my life. And I do think it requires just cutting off someone who isn't putting in the effort or like, can't for some reason like get the ball rolling with making plans off from the beginning and like yeah it feels harsh because you want to be like well maybe he's nervous but it's like fuck that like (laughs) I'm nervous too you know I don't want to do this either (laughs) um it's just it's not it's not fair like I'm like I can't be doing everything it's just not and I'm you know I'm happy like I'm not I think there just has to be a, a balance, even from date number one. I think it kind of goes back to like, people will show you their, again, true colors. Like you'll, like, I don't, I doubt that if someone can't plan a first date, they can plan a 10th date. Yeah. Um, we just need to stop. I think as women making excuses for men, I think it's just something that's been like ingrained in us and like, we just need to stop. And I think there's also like a new breed, a new breed of women coming up to like my friend the other day. 
a guy said to me, he's like, you're one of those like dominant corporate girls that wants to come home and just be a sub. And I'm like, actually, yes. Like, that's exactly what I want. Like, I'm making decisions all day. I don't want to come home and have to make a decision on anything else. Like, I want someone else. Yeah, I'm not trying to delegate. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't I don't want that either. And it just, it does blow my mind that, yeah, we do make an excuse for any behavior that is misaligned. And I feel like women are always tempted to be like, all right, I'll give him one more shot. And it's like, he really doesn't need it. Again, you don't know him. Like we have to take things at face value. Um, something that is also outlined in the book is like why women think that the men didn't call them back or like the date went well or didn't go well. And timing, fear, and then I forget what the third one was, but timing and fear were the ones that stuck out to me because there's so much excuse about like, oh, he's just so busy right now. He can't put in the effort. Bullshit. Like that is never, ever, ever, ever the reason that he's actually not wanting to be with you. And then the second thing is fear, like fear of intimacy, fear of how much he likes me, fear of rejection. And it's like, again, bullshit. Like we know that men will pursue what they want to pursue. Like that is just what masculine energy is. And like, we have that as well, we channel it for like our career and like pushing our goals forward. But like men can do that in dating and they do. And we like, you see it, right? When a man really wants to date a girl, like he pursues heavily. And it's like, there shouldn't really be, I don't think an excuse for someone not doing that. Like, he's so scared of how much he likes me. No, <laughs> no, he needs to show it. And it's just not, there's no need to, I think, live in the idea that like maybe things will work out it's like people are people are showing you who they are well let we as women need to listen and again not take it personally and just move on the faster you move on the closer you are really to meeting the right person and I think that's important to remember too like it's so easy to get fixated and create this like grandeur of what things could have been but it's like they're they're not that way like he's literally not being the person that you're creating in your head and so the faster we step away from that the closer you are finding the person who actually lives up to the expectations and the standards that you have. And I say this like with gusto because I know I'm like, I always have to hold myself accountable to this. And I think it's one of those things where I'll probably never master, but it's like, it's always needs to be like, okay, like let it go, move on. You're closer than ever to meeting the right person. That's also like a fun thought to have too. And in terms of staying optimistic around dating, like the faster you move on from someone who isn't showing you that they're right the closer you are to meeting the right person. I mean, these are men, like no one ever is like trying to change an adult woman or like trying to correct or like apologize for some, a, a woman's behavior. So it's like, we don't need to apologize for their behavior. Yeah. They are, they are adults too. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, I feel really called out right now because I've definitely <laughs> used those excuses before, but I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I'm like, I need to like, just stop and just like, Cause we all, yeah. Like it's like, if they're pursuing you enough in the beginning and then they stop, it's like they were at one point. So if they really wanted to, I mean, I hate this phrase. If he wanted to, he would, but that's a whole nother can of worms, but like yes. he could have kept it going. Like he could have, and they chose not to. So totally. it's, it's either they're not interested in you, whatever else is going on, but like, you just let it go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that deep down, and I mean, and I say this because I know when I'm holding on to something like I'm aware, you know, like <laughs> yeah, deep down, same. <laughs> but then there's something that's like, I kind of want to like have the drama still. And it's like, that's fine, I guess. Like you have to acknowledge that it's not them. Like it comes to a point where it's, it's on you. Mm -hmm. Like if he hasn't 
responded to four of your text messages like you're getting your answer that is your closure yeah um and it's like it sucks but yeah it's better to close the door unfollow block like just done yeah bye (laughs) yeah and when they come back three months later just don't respond don't let them (laughs) yeah Mm. yeah so sus yeah I always okay that is actually an I feel strongly about this but like don't respond when they come back it's not ghosting like that yeah. you, we're beyond that don't respond when they try to come back because who knows they're just I don't know they're bored like yeah a real man <laughs> wouldn't have done that in the first place would have just disappeared yeah exactly awesome well I feel like I learned so much today just about like not only the cities but about like attachment styles and how like men think in dating so thank you for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge with me and the listeners yeah Thank you for having me. This was super fun and I'm glad that it was informative and and helpful. Definitely was. Thank you.